Hello friends, I'm Amanda Barr. And I'm Rebecca Lou Brennan, and welcome to Dance Principles United, the podcast. Together, we are passionate about helping studio owners with the business of running their studio. Join us as we talk everything from marketing systems, studio culture, motherhood, life, and everything in between. This is the Dance Principles United podcast. All right. Hello, friends. I am so pumped to be here today. I hope you are all amazing. Happy Monday. Um, It is just me flying solo today, um, but with two amazing people uh, who are on board with us today, um, Bryce and Christian. Now, I met these guys a little over a year ago now um, through my other company, Dance Cirque. And since then, I have created um, an amazing friendship with them as well as they do all of my marketing for me. Um, And they are super amazing. I know you're going to absolutely love this podcast. I know everyone loved the podcast we already did with Bryce. Well, that was a while ago now um, and got so much out of that. But these guys are just super amazing. They've been a total game changer in my school and I can't wait to introduce them to you. So from Dance Motion Marketing, we have Bryce and Christian, how are you guys today? So good, Rebecca. Always good to be here. And I know I was on before. I'm thrilled that Christian uh, is able to join us this time. He's the wizard behind the curtain. So uh, there's there's a lot of a lot of awesome value that is going to come out in this call. I'm thrilled. Yes, so excited to have you guys. And we are pumped because as you guys know, we have Dance Teacher Expo coming up on April 15th and 16th. Um, And these guys are one of our premium members. They're going to be there. They're going to do some business talks for you, which I know are going to be game changers. So if you are coming along to the expo, make sure you jump into their business talks because the value that these guys give um, our dancer clients, as well as me every week is just unbelievable. Um, And so we're so pumped to have you guys coming to Australia. Australia. It's going to be so exciting. Yeah, we're so looking forward to that. I think it's going to be a great event. Um, and this long distance friendship, we'll finally be able to meet. And uh, so it's going to be fun to meet you and the rest of the community out in Australia. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be amazing. So guys, um, let's start with what, you know, you think the number one most important thing that a dance school should be doing right now. What should they be doing? What should they be thinking about? How can we get, you know, everyone just wants to get more numbers in, right? How can we get more numbers into our studio? Yeah, so I'll take that one. Right now is the time of year to be thinking about the next season, to be looking ahead. Uh, It's here in the States and in Australia, it's just prime time. January on both continents is a big enrollment month. And in Australia, I believe it's the biggest And in the States here, it's the second biggest after September. And um, many, many studios miss the window. They completely miss it. They're not prepared. They're not on top of it. And they're not even thinking about what are they offering? Who are they selling to? Who's their buyer? What headspace are they in? They're not even thinking about it until they get into January. And then you're way too late. You've missed the boat. So um, number one thing that's on my mind right now, that's all the conversations we're having is what does next year look like for you? Yeah, totally. And look, you guys know this, but I always tell this story and the community out there that listens knows this. I used to be that studio owner who would, you know, I was just so focused on concert right now. And then I'd get to January and I'd get to probably mid-January and I'd go, oh, I better actually put an ad out. 
And then I'd put an ad out and I wouldn't get any traction. And then no one knew would come to the school. And then I'd go, oh, well, advertising clearly doesn't work. And so, you know, I was definitely that studio owner. Um, and that can be really stressful too, because you don't actually know how your year is going to be set up. You know, you want to have those enrollments coming in. And I think we have to think about our clients right now as well. Parents right now are thinking, what am I going to do with my kids next year? They really are. I know I'm thinking that with my kids. I'm like, right, what are the boys going to do? We're actually trialing our boys um, who don't dance, obviously, they're not into the dance thing at all, but we're trialing them in some martial arts at the moment because we're thinking, what are we going to do with them next year? You know, so I think that is really important for us to think about our clients and what they're going to be doing, especially our new clients. Yeah, I I think you're spot on in in having the horizon look and trying to build that habit because um, a lot of the students that when they begin working with us, they're thinking about next week, next month. But we're really like, hey, what's six months? What's a year from now look like? We Because we're a big believer that an enrollment system can be built once and then you just have to refine it a couple times every year. Because once you have the foundation in place, you know the seasonality of your dance studio. It's just kind of rinsing and repeating the same strategies that go with the seasonality of your business. So quick example here in the States, we're entering December. It's the end of the year. It's winter. We're already thinking six months down, what's your summer plans looking like? And every time I we bring that up, it's like, oh, Christian, you're killing me. We're, pre- we're preparing for our Christmas recital. But really, it, it really is kind of training the habit of let's keep an, our eyes over the horizon and ahead so we can be proactive about entering our new enrollment seasons. Yeah, totally agree. And, and having that great offer, you know, I think having that great offer is so, so important um, and thinking about what that offer is going to be throughout the year. It's like we've just had Black Friday sales and everyone's done this massive, you know, every company, I'm sure you guys have the same, has been emailing, emailing, Black Friday, Black Friday. But like, you know, exactly what you're saying, thinking about those seasons or those times and what's going to appeal to people at that time. Um, so I know I have an ad out with you guys at the moment that's just like, you know, thinking do you want to be organized for next year? That's what we're doing at the moment, right? So it's like, do you want to be organized for next year? Um, And then just putting that through to them and then, you know, trying to get them organized so that they enroll now. Yeah. And think about the kind of customer you want to attract. Who are the best dance parents? And I, oftentimes we hear the ones, these are the ones that register early. They plan ahead. They're planning, um, they're planning their, their children's lives ahead of time. The ones that tend to maybe be the most troublesome or uh, they drop out early are the people who wait to the last minute. Ah, I got to get my kid into an activity. Let's just throw them into this, but without really thinking about it. And so if you really want to bring in the best kind of parents and customers into your studio that cause you the less headaches during recitals and all those uh, sticky points, plan early and start planting those seeds with your marketing way ahead and make it really early. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. So tell me some things that you guys would use um, for your clients that really gets people in. In terms of like the that initial offer, like what are you yeah. putting out there to them? Yeah. yeah so we, we've really refined it. So when we started this business, we were in kind of the headspace of saying you need like an irresistible offer, something that is just so tantalizing and so attractive that people can't ignore it and they can't say no to it, right? Like it just, it, it's captivating. And we've truthfully kind of refined that over time as we've looked at the data, as we've tried different things, as we've seen what's worked, what hasn't, how does that, how do this, this, the seasons affect what's working and when, 
And what we've really boiled it down to is it's not so much about adding, like you you have to have a, a decent offer, right? Whether it's a, a free trial or a paid trial or a seven day class pass or two for 22, like lots of different ways to skin the cat. But um, the bottom line is your offer needs to be three things. It has to be low risk. It has to be low commitment. And it's got to be easy to say yes. And you you would be stunned, or at least I am perpetually stunned at the number of times where I'll see an ad for a studio that isn't ours. I'll click on it and I'll get routed to some like their their jackrabbit, you know, dashboard login where it's like, I'm not going to fill out 11 minutes of questions just to get my kid into a free trial class. I'm not going to do that. All right. So that one breaks the rule. It's it's high commitment already. And it's uh, not easy to say yes. Or uh, my, another, my other favorite example that I love to hate on is... Uh, when the ad just says register today, like for, for what forever? Like, no, like I need an off ramp, like register for uh, a six week session. Cool. I know when that ends. So if we hate it, we're out in six weeks, you know, uh, it's dating before marriage and I'm stunned, always stunned at how, what seems like a, is something that we do in all of our lives. You know, we go to Costco here in the States, we get our samples before you're asked to buy the full bag, right? Like, you know, that's how we do it. It's you, you, you we date before we get married. And then when we put our offers out, so many, uh, so many of us so often say, let's get married. And you've missed the whole dating part. So low risk, low commitment, easy to say yes. And that is kind of the foundation of a great offer in, in what we're seeing. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. And I, I think we forget how busy people are. If I have yeah. to fill out anything that's more than three or four, you know, little things, there's no possible way that I will do it. I actually just joined a new gym and they have the smartest marketing and it was legit name and phone number, the end. And then they called me to talk about my goals. And I was like, perfect. You know, if it's name, phone number, email address, blah, 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 like all the things, you're just like, no way, I'm not doing this. I don't have time yeah. for it. And you'll opt into another brand. So I love that. The other thing, my number one ick thing is that when people are putting out some great content in an ad, but actually don't have any call to offer, don't have anything yep. that's actually there to say free trial. Or, you know, it's just like, we teach this. And then crickets, like you've got to have that call to offer, like call action, call to action. What am I saying? Call to offer. Call to action yeah. has to be there so that they actually do know what to do. You've got to direct people in what to do. Absolutely. We need, yeah, you got to have the steps and make it crystal clear for anyone who's just glancing at this um, in a quick second to know what they need to do. And a quick litmus test for anyone who's listening. If you've been running a Facebook ad and you're like, ah, it's not getting any leads. Um, we saw this in the Dancerc uh, workshops. It's like, all right, hey, Chris, hey, lead, uh, this ad isn't getting any leads. We pull it up and I asked the studio owner, can you tell me based on looking at your own ad, what is the offer? Blank stare. You can't even tell. So it has to be super crystal clear. Claim a free trial. Join us for seven days free. Like that's it. Um, that way it's just, it's got to really speak so, so quickly because people are scrolling. They're in they're in line getting coffee while they see your ad. And so we really need to make sure it's super simple, one sentence, make it very clear what the offer is. 
Totally, totally. And so they, let's say that they opt into your ad and that's great. And then, and I'm going to tell this gym story again, because this literally happened to me the other day, right? So I was really impressed with their marketing. I put my number in, I put my name in, and then they said, we're going to call you. We're going to call you in three hours. And I'm like, sweet. Oh, well, I think I actually got to put my time in that they called. So I got the text reminder. And then it was like, we're going to call you in half an hour. Make sure that you're somewhere quiet so that we can really chat to you about your goals. And I was like, yes. And so like, I was so into this, right? And so I took my little boy home really quickly and said to my partner, we've got to get home. I've got this call. And then I sat and guess what? They didn't call. Uh-oh. Yeah. So my call time was 2.30 and it's 2.35, 2.40, I messaged mm. them and said, hey, I was supposed to get a call, nothing. So then at three o'clock, they called me and she was in the car, which I felt was a bit unprofessional. And Uh-oh. she was clearly not focused on what I was talking about. So we can have the best ad possible, right? With the best intentions. But then once you get there, if you don't get that follow through as a client, you're going to get pretty cranky. Absolutely. And you bring up a really pressing topic right now because follow-up is huge. So, so we think of there's four pillars in your enrollment. One is having a great offer. Second is having a way to attract it. Facebook ads is working really well for that. Third is nurturing and the follow-up. And that's an area right now where a lot of a lot of new technologies coming out. The word automation gets thrown around a lot because automation is this sexy word that saves us time. Things are happening on autopilot. But Bryce and I came across a post recently uh, that you can actually automate bad customer service. Just like in your example, where I'm sure those texts went out automatically, you were ready, and then they dropped the ball. It was bad customer service. And so I really want to caution people when they are exploring automation tools. First, figure out and do that follow-up manually first. If you have someone dedicated, once you master how to say, how to talk to the customer, what time works best, only then should you start considering using some automation because that can be a very sticky slope that you spend money on ads, you get the lead, they're excited, and then they, and then they're distasteful because of the poor customer service, and they end up going to the next business or the next child center. So that's a phenomenal. I did not expect that story to go where it was going, but yeah, that's super important to be able to have great customer service once they become a lead. Yeah, totally agree. And I think like that's what I love about your platform um, for my studio. It's been a game changer because from Instagram ad, Facebook ad, email, it all comes into one kind of like a feed, like a messenger feed it looks like, doesn't it? Um, And my staff can talk to people there and get them joined in. But I hate the bots. Like I hate the bots as a consumer. I actually hate it when I message someone on Facebook and get the immediate answer. It actually irritates me. I don't know if you guys feel the same, um, but it irritates me. And I think in such a high service industry like ours, we want to make every parent feel like their child is special and like they are a special client. And that's where that you know personal touch comes in. And the automation to me doesn't work, especially in our industry. A th- I mean, a thousand percent. And I, I, I'm, I have a love-hate relationship with the technology and the bots. And, and on the one hand, I think it's super cool when you fill out a form and then instantly get the confirmation as a text. And you're like, wow, that was really easy. And other times, depending upon how it's deployed and how it's used, it can, 
uh, cheapen the experience, I think mm -hmm. is what it is it really boils down to. Um, Christian mentioned that there's the four stages. He, I think we got through three of them. There's your offer, there's the attraction, there's the nurture. And then finally there's the close, the sale mm -hmm. at the end. And um, we actually see the nurture one as like, they're all important. If any of them are weak, if any of them are missing, you're toast. Like you're going to have diminished returns, small revenue. It's not going to happen for you the way you're hoping. But where we see most people fall down is exactly in this, in this nurture zone. How do you get people who clicked on your ad? Now they've got, you've they've given up their anonymity, right? You have their name and their email and their phone number. And we believe you have a, a, a an obligation to them now, a responsibility to deliver hospitality uh, to them, like right off the bat. So this is not, automation is not about truthfully, um, just giving people information. It's about starting the conversation with them and helping them feel warm and welcome and seen. And if every customer or lead that is in your pipeline right now, you see them as like with dollar signs in your eyes, uh, you're missing the point. You're missing the boat. You are going to find that selling is hard and it doesn't work very well. If you start to nurture them and treat them well, even when it's over text or messenger or email or wherever, and people start to feel, wow, this person really cares about me. They really care about my kid. They really care about the style that we chose. They really cared about, they made it really easy to find a great night to come on in to try that class. Suddenly when you finally do get to the point in the sales process, and it's always in air quotes because you're selling the entire time from the very first touch point, uh, now it's easy. And you say, hey, so here's our thing. And it costs this much. Do you want it? And they've had such a great experience up until that point that it becomes an easy yes. And yeah. so that that's how we see, yes, automation's great, but it's only a starting point. And the Christian said it really well. You can automate bad customer service. And we see it happen all the time. And I mean, it sounds like the gym. Sounds like you should maybe, you know, send this podcast to them when uh, <laughs> when we're done with it and just kind of earmark the part where maybe they should listen to. Just saying. Yeah, totally. Well, I always, I don't know if you guys are like this, but I always think about, you know, my experiences and then how I can relate it to the dance studio mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff. I'm always comparing things or, you know, even if it's great service at a restaurant or something like that, I'm, you know, I'm really aware of how people are treated. And I think as business owners, we have to be self-aware as well about then and my staff treating people like that, you know, it's also that reassuring people when they come into something new. Like I really encourage my staff to say, you know, you'll walk in the door and this person will greet you and this will happen. And just letting them know what's going to happen because people hate the unknown. They hate going somewhere yeah. new. Um, and I don't think that's something you can automate either. You know, I think it's got to be that stuff that's just like organic and, you know, oh, you know, your little one needs to wear this or has shoes or whatever, like just reassuring them that would have been nice from yeah. that gym as well you know like saying to me okay you're going to arrive and you'll walk in and such and such will greet you and we'll show you around and this is how it's going to feel in there and you know like just making people feel comfortable is really what you need to do um and making them feel special and um totally. i'd love to chat to you guys about closing the sale because you know how passionate i am about closing the sale because sometimes I think we have amazing companies like yours who I know you guys have tripled people's numbers um, in a year. It's it's insane. And I know for us, so we are 
have two weeks left here. Um, my concert's on the 20th of December. My concert's really late, guys. Um, and we still have about five or six trials coming in every single week and we're that close to Christmas. So how insane is that? For those of you listening, if you can imagine this week I've had six trials come into my doors still um, and, you know, most of them preschool because, you know, I'm very passionate about growing preschool. Um, but we could have all that amazing automation and all of the things happening and then they come in and someone doesn't close the sale and they just walk out the door. Yeah. So first you, you've got to, you've got to get, you've just got to get over the fact that you're in a business and at the end of the day, you have an obligation and, and that's the word you have like an, like an ethical responsibility to make an offer. And so we like to tell people, think about this. Somebody was cruising online they saw your ad, they saw your offer, they clicked on it, they gave up their anonymity online, they told you who they are, they wanted to be contacted, they responded when you reached out to them, they set up a time for their trial, they got in the car, might be raining, maybe it's rush hour, they drove across town to walk in to a new environment, which is super stress-inducing for a lot of people, because they walk in, they don't know what to expect exactly, and they do all of that and you get them there and you don't offer them the next step. Like, what is that? It, it's not okay. Like, it's just, they've already done 90% of the work for you. All they need is this is the next step. So first we just, we've got to get over that discomfort of actually asking for the business. We've, we've broken it down. We teach people there's really only three parts to a close. And, and that's, it's super simple. Part one, make a human connection, right? Like we're selling to people people are buying. We're not selling to robots. Uh, we're not trying to twist their arm into saying yes when really they mean no. It's just like, can you smile at them and look them in the eye when they walk through the front door? Like it can be that simple. Uh, two, understand your buyer's desire. What's really driving them? This factors into the human connection. Ask curiosity-based questions, right? Not like, hey, do you want to sign up? But like, hey, why did you choose the ballet class over the tap class? And now you're going to hear a story you know, oh, I always wanted to be a ballerina, but I, I grew up, we couldn't afford it when I was growing up, but I want to give my kid, a, okay, I can work with that. Really? Well, that's a wonderful thing. Or why did you reach out now? Like what inspired you to reach out? Oh, we just moved in town from out of state and we're looking to get our kid connected. Oh, welcome. Right. I mean, you can, you can make it really, really easy when you just understand their motivations, their desire. And then at the end of the day, sales is about helping people make the decision that's best for them. That's yeah. it. And if you do that and you ask the first two questions and you really understand who they are, where they're coming from, you'll know if your studio is the right fit for them. And yeah. you just let them know that it is and what it takes to take the next step. It's not that hard. We just got to get over the discomfort of it. Uh, if yeah. you don't do it, if you've never done it, it feels new. It feels awkward get over it. Just practice it a bunch of times and it gets easier. And honestly, it gets really fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we do a lot of training with staff training in Tribe and Studio Growth Club. And I love what you're saying, but I find that most studio 
parent is probably okay at that, but they're not training their staff how to do that. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, what if it's that young teacher who's never actually been taught to do that stuff? And what I love about you guys as well is how much you educate your members. You know, you're not just like, here's the marketing and here's what you do the end. You're actually trying to educate them on this sort of stuff as well, which is next level. There's no other marketing company that I know of that actually wants to educate people on things like closing the sale because that's not your jam. You don't need to actually really worry about that. I mean, obviously it's going to help results, but your thing is to get people in the doors. It's not necessarily to close the sale. So I'm just, I just wanted to do a shout out of how amazing that is that you guys constantly educate. Um, but, you know, the the training of staff is so important and you know, that's my jam. It's my jam in Studio Growth Club and Tribe. It's what I talk about all the time, but does that teacher know your enrollment process? Do they know how to say to someone, okay, let's get you signed up? What do they say if they say to the child, and hopefully they do approach the child and parent at the end of class, did you enjoy the class? And the child says no. You know, I always throw that at people in staff training. Mm. So I make them actually pretend we do play pretend where they are the child and this is the teacher and this is, and we play it out. And then I say, okay, say you hated the class and the pretend child is like, I hated the class. And then most people are like, I don't know what to say to that. So it's you bet it's training them around that, right? So then it's like you say, Mm -hmm. oh, well, what didn't you like? Exactly what you're saying, Bryce. What did you not like about the class? Oh, it was too loud. Cool. Well, maybe, you know, tap was a bit loud. How about you try ballet? That's a much quieter class. Or, you know, why don't you try singing or drama? Or there's, we all know there's a class that is going to suit every single child in your school. We just have to find out what that is. And most parents don't know that there's different types of classes. They don't even realize that. You know, they just think the dance is dance. They don't know that there's all these different genres and things that they can do. So training your staff in that is so important, so important. Yeah. And I think that what brings up for me is in in those situations where the kid, maybe they said they hated the class, you may think, oh, man, we failed to deliver a good experience. That's okay. It maybe it had nothing to do with your teacher or the class. It's just not the right fit. And you're just trying to find the right fit and you, you get more than one chance. Once they're in the door and you made that human connection, you've understand a little bit more about their motivation. You can, you know, be flexible and offer them a, an additional complimentary class, whatever you need to do. At that point, you're like, you've made that connection and you can accommodate um, if it turns out to be a family that you really do like. Because sometimes I know there's the occasional child or parent that eh, we could do without them. But if you do really <laughs> care about them, make yeah. sure that you find the right fit. Yeah. And every single child that you enroll, you're giving them the gift of dance. And we all know how powerful that is in any child's life to create confidence, to, you know, build friendships that will last a lifetime. Like we know all those things. And I always say to staff, you have to imagine every little person that comes into your doors is you. And if you had a bad experience and if someone didn't bother to actually close the sale with you, then you wouldn't have the amazing journey that you've had through dance. So every person you've got to value as if it is actually you and you want them to have that same amazing journey. And then I think you're going to try and close the sale. That's, I mean, that's really where our heart really got connected to this mission and helping studio owners be successful. Because in that, we've heard so many stories of studio owners who grew up dancing and it was their safe place from maybe bullying at school or it's the way that they got through their body image issues. Think about if that impacted you that much and you're letting a kid walk away and not not have that same transformation and that same safe place, that's kind of where you're kind of doing a disservice by letting them walk out without offering it. And if you have that emotional connection, you know that every kid is you. I, I hope that that emotional connection to it really encourages you to get over that 
a little bit of discomfort when it at making the ask for the sale. So I think that's, that's spot on. Yeah, totally agree. And I'm going to say something a little bit controversial now, which I'm sure you two will be on board with. I, I want to talk about the fact that you have to spend money, in my opinion, to get people into your doors. You know, gone are the days I feel where, you know, everything can just be so organic and it's going to be fine. You can put an ad in the newspaper and everyone's going to come along to your classes. There is so much noise and so much, you know, so much competitive other businesses around you that I feel you've got to put that spend behind it to really get people in your doors. And I realized that when I started being consistent with my marketing and actually started putting spend every single week behind ads that's when my school exploded. And, you know, I talk about this all the time, but what do you guys think about that as a thing? Like, cause a lot of people are like, Oh, I just get people in my doors organically. And I'm like, do you, do you really? Well, so here's my take on it. First of all, I don't think that's controversial at all. And if, and if you are sitting here hearing this and it sounds controversial, we should probably have a conversation, but <laughs> you're going to spend something the truth is you're going to spend something to get new people in. You're going to spend your time. You're going to spend effort. You're going to spend capital. Like you're going to spend something. So I know uh, of a studio owner who literally every uh, time she needs new students, she prints a gazillion flyers and literally drives door to door, knocks on the front door and delivers them. It works for her. She's getting great results. She's happy with this. But she, and she says, I, I get students for next to nothing. I disagree. You're mm -hmm. spending a great deal of time that you could either put into something else, either for your business or for your personal life. Mm -hmm. Now that's fine. If that's how you're choosing to allocate your time and that's what you want to do, that's cool, but you're spending something. And mm -hmm. so make no mistake about it. You are going to pay for new students one way or another. It really just comes down to what method are you going to choose? We've seen that when you choose... Um, when you choose a scalable method, something like something like a paid strategy with Facebook ads, um, and by scalable, I mean you can run it in January, you can do it in June, you can do it in October, all year round, right? Like there's no bad time um, to start pulling that that lever. Then you like when you start when you start levering that up, now it's just a function of how do you start breaking even on it? And every kid comes with a dollar amount. Now, I don't know how many flyers you have to hand out and how many doors you have to knock on and how many hours it's going to take before you get one customer. But I do know that when we are working with our clients, we can calculate down to the penny what one customer costs to acquire. And now it just becomes a math problem. Okay, well, how many more students do you want? Multiply that by the cost to acquire and now we're in business. We know exactly what the budget needs to be to get you to that next goal. It's just way more predictable and honestly in the long run way cheaper than hope in a prayer marketing where you're really just hoping that somebody walks through your front door and you get lucky yeah totally and nathan is so about you know in tribe and studio growth club exactly that people knowing their numbers knowing how much they're spending and what and what their return is and you know you really yep. should be tracking that stuff um and I think, Christian, I've got one question for you before we finish up because you are the technical person here. In my opinion, you would be better off spending the whole year around, you know, obviously amping it up in the big 
seasons, but being consistent and consistently marketing the whole year instead of what we find in Australia is that people are going to spend a lot of money right now and then not advertise for the whole rest of the year. Tell me your thoughts on that. So my 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 principle behind that is creating a long window of success, giving yourself more time to then become successful. So if you put all your marketing spend within one month of the, of the year, that month has to be very, very successful for it to be payoff. But if you just spend a little bit every day and you're consistent throughout the day, now you have a larger window of success. You have more time to figure out what's working, what's not. Um, and it allows you to really optimize and build over time. Um, a really quick example, one of our clients, Jenny, who really almost like, she's one of the ones that had a blowout summer. She filled up all her summer. I just chatted with her today about what her summer strategy is going to look like. Last year, when we started working with her, it was like our learning phase. We're going into summer. We're going to put a little bit more bigger spend. We have a lot of you know camps, evening sessions, a lot of different offers. This year, we're going into it knowing we're getting rid of the camps, we're getting rid of this, and we're only focusing on two five-week dance sessions a summer because we went through that learning curve, and now we can approach the year with a lot more like predictability in what worked. And so I don't think you get that opportunity if you're only spending your money in one time of the season. You really have to allocate and spread it out over time, and it really doesn't have to be that expensive in terms of the daily ad budget too. So I, I honestly usually advise studios not to spend a lot because a small amount is all you really need to start getting results, fine tuning it. Um, and plus the Facebook algorithm improves over time. So once an ad starts getting results, you want to let it go. Um, you want to resist the urge to say, Oh, I've seen this picture over and over again, but Hey, it's getting leads. It's bringing in. We don't, if we, if we change this now, you won't get the same results. And so really uh, try to be as consistent and take small increments throughout the year. Yeah, totally agree. And it's brand awareness as well, right? So like I knew that I had really nailed that. And this is after probably, let's, I'm being honest, five consistent years of Facebook advertising. So I'm not pretending that this happens, you know, overnight and suddenly my brand's the biggest brand in Penrith for um, dance. But I knew it was when a um, parent came in uh, with a preschooler and she said to me, um, yeah, there's no other dance schools in Penrith anyway, is there? Now I have 20 dance schools within a five minute drive of me, 20. That's how huge dance is in my area. And that's when I was like, okay, I've nailed it. But that was five consistent years of advertising, you know, and doing all the things. And I think that's the key. Mm -hmm. And as I said to you guys before, I'm still getting trials in right now. And, you know, six, seven, eight trials a week, two weeks before Christmas. So imagine that consistently throughout your year. And that's what you can really achieve with that consistent marketing. Well, I have absolutely loved having both of you on, as always. It's always a pleasure chatting to you guys. Um, you know, you're so inspiring. I'm so excited for you to come to Australia. Um, you guys coming to Expo, you have to meet these two. They are an absolute game changer in our industry. Uh, and I know they can be a total game changer for you and your studio. So thank you so much for coming on, guys. And uh, we'll see you at Expo. See you there. Can't wait to meet everybody.